You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be discussing Jordan Burke's commitment to the Kentucky Wildcats. I think that this is the perfect example of a diamond in the rough. We're going to talk about what Burks could be for the Wildcats on the team this season. Also going to be asking the question, what is a leader? And this question was essentially suggested by a longtime listener of the show, Clint Darden. I'm going to talk about some of the words that he shared with me uh, just a few days ago. We're going to dive into that uh, on today's episode as well. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. I want to start today's episode by thanking you so much for listening or watching wherever you are doing so. And let's go ahead and get into the news. If you did not see Jordan Burke's uh, commitment video, uh, you may want to go check it out if you're a fan of the show. I was very surprised to open Twitter and see this on my timeline. Tristan Ferris, front of the program, uh, tweeted out Jordan Burke's commitment video that he also posted on Instagram. And uh, guys, I'm in the video. I am voicing over uh, the very beginning of the commitment video, which I think is genuinely awesome. Uh, one of the coolest things uh, that I've gotten to see this year is that uh, they uh, they felt the need to include what I had to say about Jordan Burks praising him uh, for uh, for being I think much better uh, than what the recruiting rankings say he is. So I appreciate whoever put together his commitment video for including me in there, and I appreciate Burks. And if he's somehow listening to this, or if uh, they are somehow listening to, listening to this, would love to have him on the show. Uh, at some point in the near future to talk about him. But we're going to discuss him uh, so low today because I think that even though there is a lot of buzz and excitement about, oh, yay, Kentucky's actually finally gotten a commitment out of a player, we really need to dive into what Jordan Burks could be for this team this season because there is a, a multitude, I, I guess I'll say, a multitude of holes that need to be filled on this roster, obviously, duh, this upcoming season. And I think... Burks provides not just versatility, but he provides scoring, which is something that we will get into later on in the show. And we ask the question, you know, what is a leader? Um, but Burks right now, as it stands, 24-7 sports, whenever we first talked about Jordan Burks, had him listed at six foot seven. I believe it was like 180 pounds. He's obviously since grown uh, over time elite, had him listed at six foot nine. 24-7 sports has now updated uh, their recruiting rankings to, to reflect that. He is listed as a small forward at six foot nine, 190 pounds. You could see a world where Jordan Burke slides down to the four and plays power forward at different points for the Wildcats this season. Actually, if I'm not mistaken, I tweeted a graphic out uh, just a few days ago about how I think the positions could look uh, for Kentucky this upcoming season. And I put essentially two players in every single position, point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. I put three, though, in power forward because Burks, I think, is one of the tweeners on this roster that could genuinely move between the, the, the three and the four. 
I currently have him at power forward with uh, Aaron Bradshaw as a potential pairing there, but he could slide up to small forward. He could play with Justin Edwards. He could be that rotational guy. You also have Joey Hart, who I expect to commit in a couple of days here. Uh, that could also play the small forward spot. He could also play shooting guard if he really wanted to. I'm excited about Jordan Burks because he provides Kentucky not just with one position that he can fill. He could easily play backup small forward or power forward, and if you watch his game, I think it's pretty clear he's got the ability to do either. Something that we noted whenever we first talked about Burks and we kind of talked about, you know, what's the scouting report out on this kid? He's a scorer, first and foremost, but I think that the fluidity is really impressive here for a guy that is six foot nine. He can handle the ball with ease. Something that you really like to see out of high school players is the ability to create an isolation, especially when you're talking about them working outside the arc. Overtime Elite, like I mentioned earlier, he played for them this past season. He was their leading scorer at 27 points per game. This kid knows how to take it to the rack. He knows how to shoot it from, from three Statistically, he was not the most impressive three-point shooter uh, for OTE. Uh, I mentioned this in the episode, I think, first first time we talked about him. Uh, he had a couple of games where he just went like over, so it, it, I think his statistics kind of bump up a little bit, and I think mechanically he's sound. Um, there are a couple different things that, that are maybe kind of things that he could work on with his jump shot, but as, as a whole, for a kid that's six foot nine, you really like what you see in terms of potential, raw potential out of Jordan Burks. Handles the ball. Does really, really good getting to the rim. Uh, and I think he's very fun to watch in transition as most high school player, good high school players are. When you look at what he could be for Kentucky this season, I don't know if he's going to be somebody that lights it up for the Wildcats in year one. I would like to project him out, though, as if we're going to give a comparison here to a, a former Wildcat, I think he's Keon Brooks with a lot more fluidity. And what I mean by that is I, I think that Keon was really, really good at getting to his spots. He was very explosive. He was a good dunker, played a solid four role for the Wildcats. I think Jordan Burks, just based on his high school film alone, has a higher ceiling than what Keon did simply because it looks like he has a little bit more well-rounded, complete. he has a more complete game. I think than than Keon does, especially when it comes to handling the basketball. That's the thing I keep coming back to is somebody at his size is able to consistently work on different ind individual opponents in isolation and get around them, put a shot up, step back. I mean, it just looks smooth. And this is something that I also mentioned whenever we first talked about Burks on the podcast. He looks like a Kentucky basketball player. Forget what the recruiting rankings say for a second here. Jordan Burks, even though he is the 39th best small forward in the 24-7 sports composite rankings, which we we got mentioned uh, saying that in his uh, commitment video, he's not. He's simply not the, the 39th best small forward in this class. I'm sorry. Go and watch this kid's tape. He's better than a three-star. He's certainly better uh, than 172nd nationally, and he's way better than 39th nationally at the small forward position. And also, like I mentioned, he can play power forward too. I think he's got the height to do that. When you look at what Kentucky's going to want to be running at small forward this season anyway, you're going to have a wiry, lengthy, tall, handles the basketball well, shoots well, starter, I think, there in Aaron Bradshaw. I think this could be a really fun pairing. This is very similar, I think, to some of the things that, that Bradshaw does with this game. Obviously, Bradshaw is 
has more things that a five does um, in terms of rebounding and aggressiveness at the rim uh, that I don't think Burks has currently displayed in his game. And quite frankly, I don't think he's going to need to in order to be a good basketball player. But this is somebody that we should be excited about. This is, I think, the definition of a diamond in the rough. He's low on the rankings. He was a former Ole Miss recruit. And he all of a sudden is picked up by the Wildcats. And I know some people are really upset right now about the current state of the roster. You should be because Kentucky should have things figured out. And I think they are starting to do that. In the most recent episode that I talked about the roster makeup, the construction of it as it currently stands, uh, I tried really, really hard not to get down and out about, like, is this the end of the world here? But it, it, Kentucky's roster has been in really bad shape. You pick up a guy like Jordan Burks who has the ability to do multiple things for you, not just one, not just one position. He doesn't just shoot well. He doesn't just rebound the ball well. He's going to be a fun player to watch given time to develop. John Welch, we discussed him on the show as well. He is going to be somebody that I think greatly impacts Jordan Burke's development for the Kentucky Wildcats. I think he's a several-year player. I'm excited to see him in a, in a Kentucky uniform for the upcoming future seasons. And I want to know, what do you think? about the latest Wildcat commitment, Jordan Burks. You can leave that in the YouTube comments below. You can also hit me on the socials at LockedOnUK. Speaking of hitting me on the socials at LockedOnUK, friend of the program, Clint Darden, who has been a longtime listener and, and just extremely kind guy, uh, sent me some merch as well that I've worn here on the show, show before. Uh, he had uh, some thoughts that he wanted to share with me that I, I do believe I'm actually going to make a couple of episodes about, but I want to start talking about it today and ask the question, going back to Kentucky's roster makeup, you know, we've talked about on the show how Kentucky needs a leader. They need, a, they need somebody that has veteran experience. And Clint shared with me a, a video of him explaining kind of, kind of some of his thoughts on that, and it really has been an interesting perspective, and I want to discuss that with you guys today and, and ask the question, what defines a leader in college basketball? Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. We are currently, I believe, up on the final game of the NBA Finals. Denver up 3-1. Jamal Murray, former Kentucky Wildcat, looks like he's about to get his first ring. Big time for the Nuggets, big time for Murray. And if you want to go take some big time bets on the Denver Nuggets to close this thing out, you can head over to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500 that's $2,500 back if your first bet doesn't win on bonus bets. Really exciting things going on over at FanDuel. You can also check out all of their different MLB props, which is something that I personally enjoy as well. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. The official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, continuing along here on the Monday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Really appreciate everybody making Locked On Kentucky their first listen every single day. I need to let you guys know the expectations for the month of June and July as we continue here through June before we get to our, our uh, thoughts on what Clint Darden shared with us. As it stands for June and July, we will be shifting to what I believe will be three episodes a week. It's quote-unquote the off-season here, and we're going to take a little bit of time to kind of space things out a little bit. But obviously... A lot of things going on in the Kentucky world. It could genuinely end up being a case where I, I still do an episode every single day. 
The expectation is to put one out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That just feels natural, but I don't know if that's the schedule we're going to stick to. So I will keep you guys updated on how we want to do this moving forward. But as of right now, we're going to switch to three episodes a week uh, at the minimum, again, at the minimum. But I just want to let you guys know that's probably the schedule we're going to have for the next month and a half. So I really appreciate everybody out there watching. If you're not subscribed on YouTube already, please go ahead and do so. If you're listening on the podcast, please follow along wherever you are tuning in and leave a review. I would love to know what you think about the show as well. So let's go ahead and get into what Clint Darden had to say. And I, I want to preface this by saying Clint shared a, a link with me as his own YouTube channel. It's actually about double the size of my own um, bodybuilder uh, out, of, out of the country. Really impressive stuff that he's, that he's doing there over there on the YouTube channel. Um, picking up things that I, I can only dream of picking up <laughs> in terms of uh, the different things he does, exercising, really impressive. And he's he's just based on his comments, based on the video that he shared with me, he seems like a really, really awesome guy. Um, and he shared uh, a private YouTube video to kind of share some ideas with me for the show because I asked you guys for, for, for questions and things. And Clint shared for the first few minutes of that, that video um, some of the kindest words that I've received uh, talking about my show and talking about the podcast. And I really do appreciate not just Clint, but everybody out there that really enjoys listening to this show. Um, it's been great so far for the almost two years that I've been doing this. Uh, so I really appreciate listeners like Clint, really appreciate the kind words, just really encouraging me and the way that I go about things here. And uh, I can't say thank you enough to what that meant for me. So I, I really do thank you, Clint, uh, for, for those kind words. And I appreciate what you had to share about the the two topics that you talked about in that video. And I, I think that they are really, really interesting. And I want to dive into his first one today. So we've been talking here on the show, not just us, but a variety of different Kentucky media outlets have been talking about and hammering on the fact that the Wildcats need veteran leadership this upcoming season. If they're going to, if they're going to have success, they need to be able to have some veteran guys on this team that can go out there and lead. And I still think for for a, a, a good portion of that, I think that's that still stands true for the most part. Kentucky needs a leader, but Clint really gave me an interesting perspective on what a leadership looks like a leadership role looks like on this year's team. He started talking about in the episode or in the video that he shared with me about how you look at this past year's team and you look at the team before that. Who were the leaders on, on those teams for the Wildcats? They had some older guys. They've been older these past couple of seasons. Who were the leaders on those teams? And Clint's argument, and I know that this may ruffle some feathers. I, I don't think it should. Clint's argument is that he doesn't believe that if Oscar Shebway returns, he's not sure if the team would follow him. And he proceeded to, to back it up and explain it by, based on what he's seen. And I completely agree with him. Watch how those huddles went for the Kentucky Wildcats the past two seasons. Watch how things on the court developed. Watch how players talked. Listen to the rumors that were spread about what was going on in the locker room. And I'm not going to get into too much detail. I just want to kind of reflect what Clint was saying, which is that there seemed to be a lack of chemistry between the entire team, but more specifically, if we're looking towards Oscar Shibway as a leader on the court, it did not look like he was doing that. And something that Clint said that I think is interesting 
is Oscar Sheebway at different times, you know, he was a guy that would be able to go get a bucket for the Wildcats whenever he, whenever he so desired. He would be able to step up and say, give me a bucket, I'm going to go score. Just because you can score doesn't mean you're a leader. That's something that Clint said that I thought was really interesting. And again, we're going to kind of flesh out those thoughts here today. He was not as focused on Shibway as he was on Antonio Reeves, who has been the focal point of the offseason ever since Oscar Shibway announced that he would be staying in the NBA draft. And Clint's point was that he does not believe, even more so than Shibway, that Reeves would be a leader on this year's team. He didn't show it during games. He didn't show it during practice. He didn't show it during interviews. Clint actually uh, point out, pointed out a couple of different interviews that Reeves had uh, this past season, uh, specifically talking about winning. And Reeves said, essentially, you know, I, I come from Illinois State, and, you know, we didn't really lo- win a lot there. And so this is kind of new to me. It's not the mindset that has been adopted in this locker room that Antonio Reeves is a guy that can go out there and lead because the expectation and the desire, the overwhelming desire, is to win. And Clint went on to elaborate on, you know, what does a winner look like and he went on to explain that Reeves you know in his opinion it it may have been perceived uh, uh, differently and maybe he's looking at it differently but it doesn't really seem like you have to have four or five years in collegiate basketball to be somebody that has that drive and desire and push to become a leader on a team that needs leaders and I, I, I'm paraphrasing here uh, something I wrote down that Clint had to say, but I think it's, it's a pretty direct quote. He said, there's something about a player who's been on a team for a few years who has invested more into the name on the front of their jersey than they are in the name on the back of their jersey. People who have lost enough to where they can't stand the thought of losing again. And I don't think that that last sentence, sentence there applies to the roster that you're going to see this season but I want to be clear with something because it, it is a very valid point. If Reeves comes back on this team, it does not mean he's going to be the leader. There are several options in this recruiting class that I think have the opportunity to step up and be that guy. This also doesn't mean that Antonio Reeves, I think, can't turn it around. He can't be that guy. He can't be told by the coaches, this is what we expect out of you. We need you to be this. And Reeves is able to step up and find that drive, find that fire and say, Okay, I'm going to be the guy that goes out there and gives it my all and fights. And just because you have experience, again, doesn't mean you are a leader on the court. This is something that Clint said, and I think that this is very true. In fact, this is not the only time I've heard this within the past 48 hours. The leaders are going to be the coaches to start this year's team, to start the season, rather. The leaders are going to be the coaches. John Welch, I think, is a very valuable addition to the staff, but it's not just him. It's also bruiser. It's also Coach Cal. It's also the rest of this coaching staff stepping up, putting their big boy britches on like they have the past decade plus that they've been here. And it's going out and it's leading these kids. That's part of the job. Obviously, they are coached to do that. They are coached to coach. They understand what they need to go out here and do. And Clint said after about Christmas, he believes that once given time, there is going to be some player that does emerge. And he believes it's actually going to be maybe one or two uh, that that uh, that step up for the Wildcats that not necessarily are the leading score, not necessarily is the t- is the player that's shooting the best, but it's the, it's the player that very clearly goes out there and shows 
on TV, in interviews, whenever we hear them about practice, that they are out there and they are leading as a player that is being led. They need somebody like that in the locker room this upcoming season, the Wildcats do, and I really, really do hope they find them. A great example that Clint also talked about is Jacob Toppin. He really did a number last season for the Wildcats, accepting responsibility and actually filling his role as a senior power forward on the team. He was a vocal leader. You need that on this year's team. Is it going to be Rob Dillingham? Is it going to be DJ Wagner? Is it going to be Justin Edwards? Is it going to be Aaron Bradshaw? Is it going to be Uganda Onyenzo? Is it going to be Jordan Burks? We're going to have to find out, but I think, I think this year's team has somebody that can do that. And I think they've got multiple people that have the potential to step up and be a leader for the Wildcats. What is a leader this season in college basketball for UK? I think that it is a player that doesn't necessarily have to have the experience, have to have the scoring, or have to have the moxie. He needs to just show it in heart and effort and vocalizing it to his teammates. That is a leader. It's very, very clear to see somebody that does not want to lose. They do not want to give up. Somebody that will fight until the bitter end. You need somebody like that on your team. I think Kentucky has brought in a lot of very talented players. Let's see if any of them are able to step out and very clearly become somebody that cares a lot more about that Kentucky script on the front of their jersey than the name and the number that they have on the back. I'm going to be interested to see who that player is. So I want to ask you guys, what do you think? Oh, just punched my mic. What do you think leadership is on this year's team? What do you think leadership is in college basketball? I want you to leave that in the YouTube comments below. We're going to talk about more of what Clint had to share with me on tomorrow's episode um, because I think it's a very interesting uh, thought that that Clint had just kind of continuing along with the coaches and you know what this staff and what Coach Cal expect to get out of this job and expect to get out of this team also is something I think we need to discuss as well. So really appreciate everybody watching again. I, I cannot thank Clint enough for the kind words and sharing that video with me. I really do hope that he sees this, and I hope that he enjoys what I had to say. Um, I really appreciate you guys as a whole. If you have any questions for the show, if you have anything you want me to talk about, once again, you can leave it in the YouTube comments below. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. You can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky podcast any questions comments concerns leave them in the youtube comments below hit me on the socials i will see you all tomorrow for another episode of locked on kentucky hope you guys have a great rest of your day and god bless